Hey, thank goodness I was waiting for a person with your face, your exact look, wearing the same clothes as you. I was essentially waiting for you, even though I don't know you. But I do know you. You are someone looking for the Jefferson Avenue way station, and good news, you are here, standing at its port, waiting to come in. And if you would only come closer, come up to this bar, I will pour you a glass of Mac Adams beer, free of charge, with a one-down payment of $10 plus tip. Great deal we're having today. We are giving out beer for free with the, with the strong suggestion that you pay the $10 plus tip. How does that sound to you? It's like a museum. Come visit your own brain. Come, turn yourself inside out. Look at your own blood vessels and your, and your cartilage. Why not? You've never seen it before. You might have seen another human beings in inner workings, but you have never seen your own brain. I'm willing to bet. There, there might have been someone who saw their brain in a reflection, but uh, so far I don't believe any human being has been able to lift their brain out of their head, out of their skull while their eyeballs were still in there, and uh, run the optic nerve out like a, like a wire, like a extension cord, uh, so that they could pull the brain around to the front and look at it and think, well, I feel like I'm still in my skull, but really, I'm right in front of myself. That's me. That's really who I am. Not my hands, not anything else. That, that unrecognizable mass, that thing that does not look like a person, is essentially a person. Uh, well, the author of Ghost in the Shell might have a few uh, things to uh, argue against that. I say things, but you could have said arguments instead. But well, you might have you might have heard me before describe the limits of vocabulary when one stands in this bar for too long. Too long. I say is most of your life, and I am here for most of my life, unfortunately. Unfortunately, my goodness gracious, I am proud to be here, though the fumes of the Mac Adams beer, they, uh, well, one might not think of it, Mac Adams beer, even though it is a very thick liquid, it is still a liquid uh, but, oh, hold on a second, let me get some of that from the back real quick. Ah, there it is. Uh, see, I, I, uh, for once, I, I've stood here behind this bar for a very long time, and I've never joined my customers, uh, while they drank before, so I got out my own personal glass. It's a little larger than the glasses I give to the customers, but that's only because uh, it costs me less to drink this than it costs you to drink it per volume. Uh, reason being is because I paid less for this keg than you would have to pay me for that keg. Why is that? 
Well, that's the, the nature of uh, horizontal integration. If, if, uh, if you could cut out the middleman, the middleman being myself, you would be able to buy this much cheaper from, um, well, if you, you might know this, but Daniel McAdam, he's the uh, original brewer. But to do that, you would have to go down to uh, Delaware County. Uh, I don't remember what town the bar is in because I don't drive there anymore because the man is unpleasant to deal with. He's not a good bartender. As a matter of fact, he does not have any taps open anymore. He just brews and fills up the kegs. And if you go there, go there, go dare. Well, that's how they talk in his hometown. If you go dare and uh, they uh, and you demand a glass of his Mac Adams beer, he will heave his shoulders and sigh and say, "They never poured me a glass." They never ever gave me anything. I've given them the, the, the lifeblood of my soul. This Mac Adams beer is everything to me. This is, this is the juice of the nectar of, of the flower of the universe. This is God's urine. He says that. He pronounces it urine because um, he watches a lot of old British films and it sometimes creeps into his vocabulary. And then he'll go around back and dust off a glass, and a very small glass usually, and pours it half full and says, $30. So really, you're, uh, you're getting quite a deal here. Why? I'm not Daniel McAdam. Daniel McAdam brews a good beer, but does not brew a good person. Good thing, too, because he's not some sort of medieval witch that brews children in the pot of their own juices. Though I'm sure he would had he lived in a time where there was a incredible dearth of food and water and uh, mental health. But I will, I'll stop talking about the brewer and give you the brew. Hold on a moment. Right there. Fill it up right to the meniscus and uh, that is for you to drink. Be careful drinking it. Um, I just learned this recently. Uh, there are two uh, pipes that liquid could go down when you open your mouth. And it is very important that the liquid goes down a specific pipe. Because if it goes down the other one, you can drown without submerging yourself in liquid. I thought this sort of thing was impossible, and that's why I live very far away from any sort of major body of water. I still find drowning to be one of the most horrible ways to die. And that's why I, I would prefer the ocean to stay far enough away from me. Unfortunately, a lot of water in this world that is above sea level is contributing to the height of the sea level. And uh, that is submerging some of the larger land masses and increasing the area of the sea. I see I explain a lot of that because a lot of people don't believe in this process. And they uh, brush it off. But I tell you, uh, it happened in the Bible. It's going to happen um, to Delaware County. That's another thing that... Daniel McAdam doesn't believe in, he does not believe in climate change. 
probably. I've never brought it up. I never wanted to think. I never wanted to really have that conversation with him. He's, as, I, as I've said, a very unpleasant man, a very cruel man, I would say. Um, but somewhat you might, one might have affection for him because he's, well, he's like a, a, a stink bug trapped between the screen and the glass. He's, uh, he, you know, there of his own design but doesn't wish to really stop and think about it. He's festering in his own, he is, he is a witch that is self-cannibalizing, stepping into his own pot and saying, boil in trouble, but not realizing that he is in trouble himself. He, the, his big stirring stick is at his waist with no cauldron metal between the two things, the two of those two subjects that I've just mentioned. Well, here, I poured my own glass before we got here, I'll say to Daniel. Oh, poor man, poor man. Um, I hope he dies soon, uh, which... I, I know you, you you just raised your eyebrows right now. You just uh, and uh, let me tell you I I don't wish for him to die in pain or to die in fear or probably I don't even really wish him to know that death will come upon him. But the world will be better off without him, and, and a lot of people like him. I mean, I, I, apart from the unlikely event that he changes his ways, and now that I think about it, maybe that's not so unlikely. I mean, barring some sort of horrible catastrophe, which I hope doesn't befall the entire human race, he may, he may improve himself. He's got a good 40 years ahead of him, barring some sort of cruel metastasis inside of his... Uh, you know, interstitial cellular uh, mesh inside of his fatty cells, which he, uh, by the way, has quite a bit of those. He imbibes in his own product quite a bit. So hopefully his uh, his his scaly squamous hide doesn't turn gray and go beneath the earth, and that oh. Did I just change my own mind? Yes, I did. I argued myself out of that very nasty sentiment that I had there. Did I really say I hope he almost dies? Or I, that I hope he dies soon is what I actually said? And I did. And that was bad. That was a bad idea. That was a bad thing to say. I hope he betters himself. I hope he realizes that he doesn't need to forgive the people in life, but he needs to forgive himself for blaming everybody for all that stuff. Still can't swear. Still have that witch's glowing lasso about my throat. Which I regret. I would like to swear. Everybody in my family swears quite a bit. My wife swears more than anybody else I've ever met. And it's such a... I, I love... I love swearing. I love hearing it. I love, I love hearing it, alleviate the pain inside of people. 
because it is pain. Every swear word is a is pure sonorous pain that's exiting the body, and that it's 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 as if you have a pain in your foot, and then you pull a thorn out and you see the pain, see that agony, see that uh, wretched blockage, the enemy, the real enemy, right there, and you can put it anywhere you want henceforth but at least it's not your foot well when you let go that f word or that c word or that j word or that uh, uh, r word then it, it that is that thorn that is the pain that was inside you and now it isn't where is it going it, it maybe it might be going into somebody else actually you might maybe go out to the ocean and start saying it there and then the fish will have that thorn inside in their side. And maybe one day a fisherman will catch that fish. And those fishes will be unleashing, unleashing blubbering, gasping swears that they can't say because they are not living in the medium that they desire. Ironically, they can't breathe even though there's oxygen all around them. Why? Because their lungs aren't designed to breathe water, uh, breathe air that isn't dissolved in water. How roundabout is that? We can't uh, breathe in oxygen that's submerged in water because then there will be water in our lungs. And water in our lungs is so, for whatever reason, water is extremely poisonous if it's in the wrong organ, namely the lungs. The lungs really seem like a poor construction. They seem like somewhat of a steampunk uh, contraption that wasn't very well thought out. As if William Gibson uh, designed the human body. Now, I never read The Neuromancer, but I imagine it's about a, about a man in the 18th century that designs a human body. That's not what it's about? Well, maybe it should have been. Maybe more people would have read it. Maybe I would have read it, if that's what it was about. A man in the in the early 19th century invents a human in uh, in Germany, but unfortunately he does not take care of that human as we so often do, and he just leaves it in his apartment to figure out what he should do next. Why does he do that? Because he's disgusted with that human being. He, he can't even look at it. He's, he can't even think about it. So he just goes out and gets really drunk and tries to forget it, which sometimes older folks accuse younger folks of doing all they they accuse that of doing with, with all the problems. And I say, well, you did it back in the early nineteenth early nineteenth century. You invented human beings and you couldn't even take care of them. Why not? Why couldn't you just stick around with that horrible nine foot tall monster and tell him it's all right it's okay it's the yeah this is life it's pure agony it's pure pain and confusion and no matter what i say you're going to still be in pain and confused but at least i'm here that's that's another book actually that, that is a real book that i just described there and i'm not going to say it because if you have to guess what that book is then you might not be from the same planet. 
you might part, be part of the invading force. That's uh, uh, if when there is a, a you know a uh, an actual alien invasion, I will try to discern the um, the body snatchers just by describing an elliptical fashion well-known novel synopses and say, hey, does this sounds from hey, remember remember that book uh, from a while back about that uh, investment firm boss that starts an unhealthy sexual relationship with one of his new recruits and they say yes I really and then I think oh I don't know if you are the invader or not because that's not really considered to be a classic novel in our world but a lot of people do know about it and it is I suppose you could say a book there's it's paper uh, enclosed with other with thicker card paper I wouldn't call it cardboard because it's not separated by corrugated sheets in order to increase the shock resistance but it is it is a book supposedly so is that something an alien would know about likely an alien if it knew anything about human beings if it could speak our language would probably know the stories of our people every story an invading alien spy would probably understand our civilization better than any single human being would know themselves why because if you know somebody better than they know themselves all you have to do is um, do something very clever and then you've you have you defeated them without landing a blow and they and they've sat on their on their haunches right on the ground and say I I'm a shell now I've been I've the my atmosphere has been blown away by that enormous solar promontory or prominence it is I, I, I'm not sure a solar promontory is actually there, there's an ocean on the on the Sun um, and being that there's an ocean there's also land so occasionally the, the sun people will like to go on a vacation to the solar promontory where there's uh, usually a lot of, um, you know, sun clams and such. Now this is, um, they, Hanna-Barbera was going to have a cartoon uh, with this sort of plot, this sort of premise. Um, but it was, um, for one, it was too stupid. It was just a, a terrible idea. Um, in many fashions, it, it didn't make sense at all. But also, uh, they, they were going to have to use too much yellow, too much yellow and orange, and uh, and just and just pure black, pure stark black, was always going to be at the top of the screen. And it, and it was determined that not only would that destroy every TV set, but every human being was going to walk around just half lidded because they figured. There's no, there's no reason to look up. That's just the empty space. There's no reason to look up at the corona. That's just empty space up there. We're just going to sit here on the bright, solid plasma ground and smoke a, a, smoke a joint. Unfortunately, that, that will be one episode in where they try to smoke anything, cigarettes, joints, whatever. But as soon 
as they produce that cigarette, it's incinerated and turned into helium and hydrogen. Can't be anything else besides that. How did they even get that onto the sun, let alone produce it? How did they grow the, the herb, grow the trees to produce the, uh, the cigarette paper? How did they do any, how did these trees even survive? How did these, this marijuana plant or this tobacco plant even survive on a surface where there shouldn't be really any life at all? Well, uh, Earth had uh, developed teleportation technology in order to secretly eliminate the sun people. Why they were suspicious of the sun people. Problem is when you uh, open a gate, it's two ways. Uh, so as soon as they tried to do this, just a tiny bit of sun matter came through the portal and destroyed all life on Earth. The, the world blew up because, uh, you know, just a little bit of sun matter can go a long way. And, uh, well, everything caught on fire and there was never any more life on Earth anymore. And before the sun people even knew of the existence of the Earth people, the Earth people were defeated. Why am I, how am I speaking to you now if we are defeated? How are you hearing me right now if I'm defeated? Why? Because that was a fiction I just told you. It was all lies. It was all horrible lies. You know why, you know why I know this? Because they're, you're still here and you're looking at me holding up your glass, clink it, uh, shaking around and I totally forgot to fill it up. Let me get that for you. There you are. I hope you enjoy that that beer. Um, I, I don't enjoy it anymore. I open this bar and, and pledge to uh, sell purely this MacAdam Stout. And so far I'm starting to realize why it's not a popular business method. Because it is an enormous risk. Even the hot dog cart doesn't sell just hot dogs. They, they also sell... Um, smoothies and small salads and, uh, you know, Bavarian pretzels and a, and a small paper satchel full of sauerkraut, uh, you know, just the, the normal fare. But all I serve here is this. I don't even serve water. I don't, I, all I serve is Mac Adams beer and just a tiny sliver of my soul. I open a, a conduit between the two of us. I slip through just a tiny ounce of my uh, ectoplasm into your soul sphere. And I risk destroying us both. I risk make, uh, forming a huge infection. Now, there's a, that, that brought, brought to mind that when this link was made and Earth was in, instantly destroyed, the sun people were nearly destroyed too. If only only a little bit more time. Thankfully, that little bit of sun matter destroyed the uh, teleportation link, and instantly cut off, uh, cut it off. Not too late for Earth, but not too late for the Sun People. There was a massive freezing and a and a sunspot that we would never see. And a few Sun People died, and they they had no idea why. They're space program, their astro astronomy programs wasn't all that great because the light pollution on the sun is just, it's terrible. It's like the Harkonnen homeworld, uh, which the name of which escapes me now, Gidi Prime.
it's like a giddy prime of light pollution. And uh, they never see the stars. They believe that the corona is all space on Earth. They don't believe in outer space or nothing. Also, they don't live. The sun people each live about a second long. And they have been around for a hundred trillion generations, which sounds like a long time, but uh, that's not even a hundred trillion years. That's uh, 500 years. That's how... That's how brief their life is and how quickly they reproduce. But don't worry about them because they experience time at an infinitesimal level. One second is uh, 50 years to them. I might have to do the math better, but you, you get the idea. Hey, I think they should have made this show. This show sounds great. And did, the, did it just have to be yellow and orange? No, it could have been... There could have been some greens. There could have been all different kinds of colors that we wouldn't have been able to see, but maybe the sun people's sun eyes are able to perceive. And would they be wrong for that? No. You're right, Even you, you could be seeing something completely different than what I'm seeing, mainly because your eyes are pointing in a different direction than mine are. But also, I could have uh, electric green hair. And you'd be wrong, but that's what you see. You're 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 um, entitled to that viewpoint. I don't know if you are. I apologize. Uh, I'm I'm so tired. And when I say I'm tired, I mean I'm I'm drunk. Um, I'm also high. Um, I don't know why. Earlier today, I briefly slipped into my high school years, and I laid on the couch that I keep in the alleyway, uh, nearly urinated in, without standing up, just sitting there on the couch, and somewhat lost a lot, all of my human bodily functions. And I'm barely better now. So I, I'm going to need to fall asleep, so I'm going to need to close early. Um, would you mind... Um, you can't. I'm sorry you can't take that with you. This is not New Orleans. This is the Jefferson Avenue way station. Thank you. Um, the two $10, $20 actually, because there's two drinks plus tip. That's right. I did say it was optional. Well, maybe next time, huh? Maybe you'll remember next time. Well, you have a very good night uh, because you must remember that the night is the end of this day's life. And the day is a life. And your life is but a day. They give birth the stride of a grave. The life gleams an instant, and then it's night once more. You know who said that? Uh, oh, name escapes me. But maybe someday I'll remember, and you'll remember that for the rest of this day. Well, good night. I love you so much, and I'll try to remember you forever.